The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. Most people refer to this as retirement today. Co-host, pastor, and evangelist Aaron David Thomas is a bivocational pastor and a marketing manager hewn from the tough streets of Philadelphia. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome back to Charm School, the capstone course episode. This is your senior level Charm School 401 class on sustaining a great marriage for the long term once you have found and won the treasure of your life and made her your wife. All four episodes are available to download as a podcast from Apple if you missed the earlier courses. So, Aaron, this episode, like all advanced courses, is the toughest. Wouldn't you agree? Well, my brother, yes, I would agree that it's the toughest. But this whole course, as you know, if you've been paying attention, is has been tough for me. But let me say good evening uh, uh, to you. Good evening to y'all listening. Welcome back to the WWM. Wrestling with the Internet. That's right. It's such a treat to be back here on AM 1070, The Answer, to share with you, our faithful listeners from all over. We promise no tricks. Just straight talk from two guys that don't have it all figured out, but wrestle with these issues through the word of God to glorify God and get the most out of life. Dave, you're right. When you get to this this level uh, uh, in the course, it really is time to put to practice all that we're learning on a regular uh, basis. And it's truly tough. You know, I've been having problems with you and this course and the understanding that I really needed charm school. I really need to figure out how to love a woman of God. My wife, I got one, right? And uh, I thought I was doing really good, too. We started talking about it. <laughs> well, I, I want to just give a shout-out to ERS, Electronic Recovery Services, who has sponsored our show and continues to sponsor our show and make it possible. And, you know, we wouldn't have the charm school degree program without ERS. So thank you, ERS. Um the title of our show is Wrestling with the Inner Man, and in Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 17, Paul describes the quintessential wrestling with the inner man struggle, and it goes like this. The law is good then. The trouble is not with the law, but with me, because I am sold into slavery with sin as my master. I don't understand myself at all, for I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. I know perfectly well that what I am doing is wrong, and my bad conscience shows that I agree that the law is good. But I can't help myself, because it is sin inside me that makes me do these evil things. <laughs> that I mean, Paul, you know, the, 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 the guy who wrote most of the New Testament and wasn't married, <laughs> is wrestling, you know, tremendously. And that's our, that's our fight, too. It really is. It is a fitting description of daily life as a human male and especially as a husband over the long term, because over the long term, they're going to find all your warts. Right. You know, where our sinful nature sabotages our best intentions. 
So, Aaron, how do we sustain our marriages in this miserable condition <laughs> once we have won the heart of our betrothed? How indeed, man. Listen, I, I love that passage uh, you quoted in, in Romans 7 because after all the verses you just quoted comes the verse, what a wretched man I am. Mm-hmm. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And one day we're going to really have to talk about those scriptures. That's a real wrestling Mm -hmm. with your flesh um, versus the Bible, chapter 6, 7, and 8. And we can get uh, deeper into that one day. But let's get to this because, you know, we truly have that spiritual struggle. You want to sustain your marriage, you have to go to the author of marriage, the sustainer of life. You have to let God in, you know. Plain and simple. The scripture says that the man that finds a wife finds a, a good thing and favor with God. What do you think that favor is about? God knows you need help, right? And, yes. and, and he's going to guide you. It's about God blessing, leading, guiding, and providing for you in ways to make you a better husband, friend, lover, father, provider, and protector. Everything your woman wants to see in you, God will bring it out in light and not in darkness. And if it, you're dark in that area, meaning uh, like me, uneducated, uh, unknowing, right, lacking, God shines light on how to become better, right? Mm-hmm. In Christ, all things are possible. They are. <laughs> right? Yes. But you have to be in Christ. That's correct. Woo! Go ahead, Dave. What well, you got? my answer is you have to continuously court your wife forever. Amen. Court God forever. You just court, court her forever. forever right? Because we all have bank accounts Uh-oh. and understand that, because, that we become overdrawn when we take out more money than we have deposited. Right? So since we know our sinful nature sabotages or makes withdrawals, in my metaphor here, on our marital bliss account, we must always be making deposits to keep things in the black or on the positive side of the ledger. That means we can never let up. This is the treasure of your heart that you carefully selected above all others for her wit, her charm, her companionship, and chemistry. She has a sinful nature working against her as well, so she understands that you will not be perfect. But she needs to be constantly reassured and reminded of her status in your heart as the primary focus of your devotion. So here is another poem I wrote to Kim after we were married to try to convey that special status that only she holds. And I really get inspired when I'm out in nature and, uh, you know, I go backpacking every year and, you know, I'm a big outdoorsman. So this one is titled The Campfire. And I'm out with a bunch of guys and I'm really kind of missing her, but I'm just, it's quiet under the stars, and uh, here it goes, the campfire. On a moonless night in the wilderness, underneath the stars, the galaxy was glowing from Milky Way to Mars. I watched a lonely satellite track across the sky and pondered on our world today, wondering always why. Why do we get so caught up in the hustle and the grind? Why do we chase the dollar until we lose our minds? Peace and contentment are beckoning close at hand in the simple awe of nature found throughout our land. In the core of every being is a need to just belong, whether one-to-one in intimacy or cheering in a throng. As I poked the smoldering embers and put our fire out, I knew who I belonged to. There was no room for doubt. Once tucked away inside my tent with the rhythm of the snores, I counted my greatest blessing 
as the wife that I adore. As sleep came fast upon me, I dreamily thought of you, and thanked our wonderful Maker for a love at last so true. Woo! So that made Kim feel real special, and I she gets a she gets a poem every year at Christmas that summarizes the whole year and and other moments of inspiration. And so that, I'm always and trying to build into that bank account because I know that I'm sabotaging, and that's what's kind of taking the ledger down. But Aaron, what, what other ways can a husband continuously court and reassure his wife? Well, I just want to say, man, you're really making me look bad on this show. <laughs> Mr. Lover Lover. And ladies, I'm sorry if you're tuning in. This show is for men, but also for women to know how a man should act. But this brother is taken. And you can tell by them kind of poems, he ain't going nowhere. And fellas, if you like what you heard, like I did, you can reach out to wrestling with the inner man at gmail.com and David would happily hook you up with a poem or help you write one. And that's a real fact, right? And um, Dave, uh, that's the answer to the question of putting in my bank. Um, it's connecting first and foremost with God. And then men, men of God that have figured it out or have a greater grasp and understanding on this level of, of charm school and sustaining and making deposits in their marriage through dating, courting and, and things like that poem, you know, let me just be real. You know, if you tuned in the last time I started talking about how this uh, show is really called struggle in me, right? I, I, I know this series has been really hard for me to even talk about because I don't know it like him. You, you just heard that. I'm like, wow. I struggle with this intimacy with loving my wife in a way that is reflective of my heartfelt affection and love for her. Like I adore my wife. I think she's one of the most incredible people, persons I've just ever met, let alone my wife. And unfortunately uh, I, I'm, I'm not only a product of uh, the world mentality toward dating, love and romance. You know, I, I used to spell love L U S T that's love. Right? And, and that's infiltrated my marriage and still my thought process. You know, if there's if it ain't if there ain't sex, you can't love me. That's just a sad reality. And I've gotten better, you know, and, and I'm getting better. Right? You are sitting here having this course, knowing I have a brother, a man in God that I can trust and come talk to. And he's not going to mock me or laugh at me or try to take my woman. <laughs> right. Because he loves his wife. Right. And, and, and he wants me to love my wife because that glorifies God, you know, and I'm also a victim of, uh, of this world's perversion. You know, things have happened to me that have skewed uh, my view and way of expressing love. But there is hope just like uh, in the verses we read from Paul, but in Jesus and renewing our mind through the love of God, the father, I can love and learn to love and invest in the love, like you said, invest in my account uh, so that it grows. And you're right. You have to put in. Right? I always say you get out what you put in. And if you want more, put more in. Mm -hmm. Right. And keep putting it in. It's like the Bible says, <clears throat> so as a man, so, so shall he reap. Sowing is is a planting term. And when you plant the right kind of seeds, you'll receive the right kind of crop a reward and plenty plant plenty, get plenty, right? Plant sparingly, right? Your harvest will be plentiful. But if you don't, if you don't plant uh, or sow uh, greatly, don't expect a big reward, a, a great harvest, right? You have to put in the work. You have to make the, uh, 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 make the effort and God, 
is in charge of the payoff. He'll bless it. That, that, that's it. He's in charge of the growing of the crop. He's in charge of the growing of the marriage. But you have to put in. Right? God's sovereignty, man's responsibility, right, to put in. You, you, you have to um, sow the seed or know exactly uh, what work to put in. And you do that by getting help and guidance from brothers like yourself, from the word of God, through praying, right? This is how you continue to sustain a good and healthy marriage. In my, in my mind, what I'm learning like this, I can always teach from the Bible, right? And God is omniscient and always knowing. And, and, and God came down in the form of man to experience life as a man, right? He knew it knowledgeably because he knows everything. And then he came to know it experientially. And, and, and I'm experiencing in my marriage uh, through my relationship with you how to be a better husband. I got to experience it. I got to hear it. I got I got to see it in action. And I like I said on the last show, I've seen you. I've heard your wife talk about you do it. It's not just something you're not just here to talk about it on the show. It's something you live, man, and, and, and it's incredible. And, and you, you put in, and I know, what, a couple weeks ago, you were on a love retreat with your wife. Right. Right? That. Doing that thing that you like to do. And we talked about having that mate that shares in your experience the activity. You gave a list uh, on the last show of, uh, of, of something about interaction or or, or, or doing something together, um, right? Recreational companionship. Yes, that's very you know, important. You know, you're an outdoors guy. You're trying to get me to go camping. Ladies, I'm afraid. And gentlemen, I'm afraid of the woods. But uh, you shared that with your wife, man. That I think about that. My wife's country girl. She's yeah. from the outdoors. Rides horses, dewormed uh, bulls, and turned a bull to a steer. She shares all that with me. And I'm like, girl, we ain't going out there. <laughs> I'm a city kid, right? I'm from Philly, yo. We I watch that on TV, but man, putting in, investing, right? I want to. I want to say, I heard somebody say one time, "Who has the greatest marriage you know of?" And I actually was sitting there thinking of people I knew and like, man, who, who would that be? And he goes, "There's your problem. The answer should always be you." I do, but I couldn't say that honestly, like, right? And, and I've learned from that day and up till this day that I need to invest more. And this series has realized, made me realize that I wasn't investing in this anymore. I put mine on autopilot. And that autopilot runs into mountains if you're not paying attention, ladies yeah, and Yeah, we're going to get into these like P&L leaks, as I call them. <laughs> yeah, so, go ahead, my man. I think uh, another extremely important behavior to add to your marital bank account is attentiveness. Um, we have so many distractions today, and the worst one is in our hand. Or, in fact, my phone was just vibrating right now. <laughs> uh, you know, we have that cell. You know, don't take your wife out for a nice dinner date and then look at fantasy football stats in the middle of dinner because your phone buzzed. He's telling on himself. <laughs> well, and the other thing, and I have to say, you know, I had a job where I had to travel a great deal. You know, whether you're a traveling salesman or you're a manager and you have to travel all over, <clears throat> you you sit in airports and you're, you're by yourself a lot. And so you you watch people, and you look at women, and uh, and then when you're back with your wife, your head tracks on a swivel, just like you were sitting in the airport again, and that is disrespectful to your wife. And I was bad about that until she made me aware of how bad I was, because I it was just the way I'd been acting when I was you know, I wasn't really acting on anything, and I was just looking. But 
automatic. It's still, it's still just, and it makes her feel insecure. Like, I wonder what he's thinking. And, and, you know, so this attentiveness is a real big issue for, for us because there's so much out there, even on billboards and what, how women dress today and these Lululemon things, you know, it's just not, that's not fair, you know. So you have to train your eyes, take every thought captive. Remember, that's the theme of our show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the same things happen to me at home, you know, when we are visual creatures and drawn to the television, regardless of what is on. You know, don't try to have an important conversation with your wife about a difficulty she's having with a friend and keep shifting your eyes to the to the TV, you know, even if you have the mute button on. It's like, oh, I got to see if he makes this putt, you know, <laughs> and, and I've done that. You know, you pause it or stop it or say, if this is important and you have to communicate to her, like, I'm not a good multitasker. Women are, you know, they can answer phones and cook and hold babies and burp them. And, you know, I mean, you know, I'm like, I'm like single-minded of purpose. Man, that's how I get things done. I knock that one off and I go down the list. Check but, the list. So we have to acknowledge that we're, we're wired and built differently. But you have to pay attention to your wife. In my business career, we ran our business on a profit or loss model referred to as a P&L. And there are always little inefficiencies that we referred to as P&L leaks, you know, that eroded our profitability. And that was what... You know, there's a lot of those little leaks add up to a lot of money, and many of these are behavioral issues, like always waiting to the last minute to send something to a customer, so it had to be FedEx instead of regular mail. That's a big, big cost difference. And looking at the other women, when you were with your wife, and is an example of that. You're just leaking, you know, your love account, and uh, you just lost some money in your account. So if you can change these daily behavioral small leaks, then you don't have to come up with a large deposit right. as often to keep from being overdrawn. So, Aaron, is there anything in Scripture that points out, you know, similar behaviors? Amen. Uh, first, let me comment on something. You know, that that's a big one. And um, before I got saved, I was that guy. My neck was on a swivel. Like, I I, I, don't, I think it could actually literally turn 360 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> you know, when women came by, I'm a people person, too, and I watch people. I love to watch people, to read them, read their body language, yeah. try to figure yeah. out what they're talking about from across the Kids, room. Kids, children. Yeah, yeah, whatever, you know. But women definitely would always turn my head, especially when the physical type of woman that I walked through. And it is very disrespectful. But when I got saved, I remember I called my wife. I got saved um, in Houston, uh, 2008, almost 15 years ago. And, um, and I called my wife. I had real self. I was repentant of all my sins. I was getting closer to God. I was drawn to him. I was studying. I called her and I said, and I realized how I, I was a womanizer, liar, cheater, player, you know, just the Mac. I was truly the worldly macaroni, Tony, and it was terrible. And I realized that I was always that man, even when my woman was with me. Like, I was like, I'm just window shopping. I'm just reading off the menu. You know, those sick cliches that we tell ourselves. I'm not placing an order. No, I'm disrespecting the woman, the date that I'm on, the woman I'm with, because I think that I can look at something else. Right. Right. Instead of enjoying and taking in all that is right beside me and next to me. And I apologized to her and she just started crying. She goes, only God could have revealed that to you that that bothered me that much because you never heard me and it, and it was God and when so when you think about when you said about scriptures you know the one that came to my mind was Galatians 6 8 for it says the one who sows to his flesh his sinful capacity his worldliness his disgraceful impulses will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction but the one who sows to uh, the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life and and and, and we think of that spiritually like from the spirit of God you 
reap eternal life in your marriage, in your relationship with God. You know, it, it goes more than just what the scripture saying is eternal life. I'm going to live forever. No, I, re, I, I, I reap a, I sow to my spirit in God. I reap an eternity in my marriage with my wife through this life. Right. And, and I also think as slow leaks, uh, that destroy marriage or erode the foundation of your marriage is when you don't address the uh, things biblically to one another. The Bible says that a little, little leaven leavens the whole lump, right? We can't let leaven in our marriage. We can't let unaddressed issues and leaks go on in our marriage because right. you leave a leak alone long enough, it becomes a blowout. And as a matter of fact, it becomes an unrepairable blowout. Mm-hmm. Just want to say that, you know, again, I'm not the expert in this area, obviously, Although I would act like I am sometimes, but I I do know that distractions of any kind pull your focus from what is important. Like like in the Bible, it says to meditate on the word of God and his commandments and it will be well with you and you will succeed and, and good will and God will prosper you. Well, apply that to your marriage, right? Take time to focus on your marriage and meditate on it in a means to honor God and it will succeed and prosper. Give that attention that it deserves to detail. Yes, yes. So going back to my book, Wing to Wing, Or to Or, Readings and Courting and Marrying. Back to the book. The final collection of works is compiled under the heading, What Can Married Life Be Like? The Blessings of Married Life. So the great Greek philosopher Aristotle treats uh, marriage as a community based upon mutual pleasure, utility, and appreciation of character held together especially by the common good of offspring. This is a thousand-year-old thought. And let's be honest, if you've been married a long time, you have need of a good friend and companion far more frequently than a sexual partner. It's just the truth of it. Kierkegaard's married man also waxes enthusiastic over the treasure of his wife, less as an erotic partner, more as loving companion and mother. It is his deep awareness of the meaning of time that especially enables him to love the woman of years and to escape from the shallow and fleeting passions of aesthetic love and visible beauty. There are excerpts from Homer about the reunion of Penelope and Odysseus after he had been away years fighting the Trojan War. There's another poignant letter, you know, from a Civil War officer who wrote to his wife uh, and then died in battle the next day and, and Tolstoy's war and priest. So there's a lot about marriage and the love of marriage uh, that is covered in this book, and I just think it's worth it. You don't have to read it like a regular novel, but just excerpts. But the last word belongs to Robert Frost. And the sonnet he wrote on the occasion of his daughter's wedding, which concludes with an exquisitely simple pair of images, wing to wing and oar to oar, that capture the togetherness of the married couple empowered to resist the flux of wind and water. So I'll read The Master's Speed by Robert Frost. No speed of wind or water rushing by, but you have speed far greater. You can climb back up a stream of radiance to the sky and back through history up the stream of time. And you were given the swiftness, not for haste, nor chiefly that you may go where you will, but in the rush of everything to waste, that you may have the power of standing still. Off any still or moving thing you say, two such as you with such a master's speed cannot be parted or swept away. From one another once you were agreed that life is only life forevermore, together, wing to wing and oar to oar. So that's what we're called to do. Aaron, closing thoughts for our listeners on Charm School. Man, I, my translation real quick of that poem. 
When you find a wife, you find a partner. You found someone to truly start dating and courting and sharing life with. Good dates, bad dates, exciting dates, calm dates, which will all add up to a lifetime of dating, courting, rekindling over and over again the flame of love. Remember, marriage is symbolic uh, of the relationship of Christ and the church, and he loved it. Uh, He loved us so much that it was uh, worth dying for. Your wife is worth dying, giving up yourself for. So, hey, listen, thank you for tuning in and sharing uh, with us in Charm School. Remember, you can always go back and listen to the lessons on our podcast, Wrestling with the Inner Man. See you next time right here on the WWM. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas. We believe the winners in this ring. Courageously follow God's word. Love and protect God's woman. Excel at God's work. Betters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David and Pastor Aaron at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.